A few years ago, Eunice and I were just first married in our first congregation serving in Arizona, and we became aware of the fact of a lot of Eastern religions were coming in. They were coming to the West Coast, and Arizona is just like a step away from that. It's not, it's not the West Coast, but it's uh, influenced far more than um, Colorado or New Mexico, which is a step further east from the coast. And so um, we were dealing with some demonic stuff, uh, and the, we decided that it, the way the nation was going, that this, this was going to just become more and more the case. And as, as we have now, it's been a lot of years since then. It, wasn't just, it was a few at plus uh, a few years ago that this happened. And as we have, as we have watched um, the whole culture change and become self-centered and uh, so very, very open to anything spiritual. It doesn't, have to, it doesn't have to be in any way related to Scripture or, or what is orthodox. Just We just believe that there is a world that you can't see, and, and we will find it. We will make our contact. Um, a generation ago, uh, LSD was supposed to get you there, and um, that was a, an interesting thing. Got some brains burned as a result of that. And as we, as we look at the, the things that are going on in our culture and the demonic needs, uh, the need for demonic deliverance, let's say, exorcism, just plain old get demons away from this person. Uh, if we look at that, and that may sound kind of spooky to you, but it, it really is, it's not spooky at all. It's just if the Lord has you to do that prayer, unlike what that guy in the video uh, saw and experienced, plan on the victory. And I want to give you a foundation for that statement. I want you to know that God intends for us to be victorious. He has not made provision for us to fail. That's, that's, not, that's not in his plan. It's not on his agenda to try to work out some kind of excuse if we fail. And so we, we just need to come back and take another look at where we are in this business of our faith. So... In looking at this, let's start with Hebrews 11, verse 6. Hebrews, if you're going to preach on faith, my, my mind will go to Hebrews 11. And today I felt, as I was winding this up, I felt like the Lord was wanting us to go, was wanting us to start there. And I had a bunch of other stuff I wanted to say, but we're going to start where I, I believe the Lord intended Verse 6 is the, it's, it's, you start off in that chapter, let me just read it. Um, you start off in that chapter, uh, 
Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not have. Um, that certain of what we do not have in the original language could be um, um, title deed. It is the title deed in hand of what we haven't possessed, but we closed on the house, and the house is ours, and we have the title deed. That's, that's faith. And the ancients were commended. Um, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command by faith. Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain. You, did you ever wonder about what was, what was better about Cain's, I mean, Abel's sacrifice than Cain? Now, they used to teach us this, and I don't know how they got by with this, but they used to say, well, it's because it was a blood sacrifice, and this is the works of your hand. But under the law, there is both animal sacrifices and produce sacrifices. It's giving to God. It's not, you know, we don't have to take, take a lancet of some kind and, and, and slit our wrist and bleed on the thing. It's, it's out of what God has given us and... And so, well, if you've ever wondered about that, wonder no more. It was by faith that Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain. I don't know what that was. I don't know how that was different. But Abel came in faith and Cain did not. And that's what we know. Now, a bunch of fun stuff there. But we get over to verse 6. And it says, without faith. It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So you have to believe in the existence of God and you have to believe that it is worth your while to try to find him. He is personal. He is and he is personal is another way to say that. And in the original language, this uh, uh, he rewards those. He is becoming a rewarder is, is the structure of that Greek verb there. He is, it's in present tense and it's in present in the Greek is continued action in the present. So he is rewarding or becoming the rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. So we look at it like this. We're in a war. Now the end of the book says... That the people of God not only win, but they win going away. They, they, they win in a big way. Or as we would say on the street, they win big. And so it's, it's like, okay, I see the victory here, but this is what I experience here. And they're not the same. And we get kind of whiny and wimpy and sometimes... You don't, but your spouse does. Anyway, so what is the difference? Why, why, why aren't we victorious? Well, victorious means a battle, okay? I want to be victorious without fighting, but that's a, that's a physical impossibility. That's oxymoronic in its whole illogical sequence, it is only after a fight that we are victorious. You wanted to lose some weight, but you were already five pounds underweight, 
and you're not victorious in your weight loss program because you haven't had a battle. If you were five pounds overweight and lost that, we would say you were victorious. And you would say, I'm not sure it's worth it. <laughs> I don't know what you'd say. But the deal is, we are in a war. And to be victorious not only implies, it, it requires a fight. Okay? So 1 John 5 says, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So overcoming the world means that we're fighting the, the system of the world. We're fighting the influence of the world in our own heart. Uh, we, are, we are fighting to keep the world from taking over our stuff, like family, etc. And the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. You say, well, I'm in trouble. I don't have faith. <clears throat> Well, I can argue with you about that and, and uh, do my thing, which is uh, kind of smart. I like he, he, if, you're not, if you don't have faith, you're not saved. So you need to not say you don't have faith, but that is kind of smart. I like he, isn't it? So anyway, what I want to do is just talk about this war a minute. And uh, I think our favorite passage for that is Ephesians 6, where it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything. Stand. Okay. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Now, that does not mean get on a weight program so that you can lift more and more weights. That's strong in the power of the muscles. That's, that's the use of the club to its max, whatever. You know, we build up that and we don't understand that our strength is resting in the Lord. It's one of the most difficult things that I've ever tried to get down in my little thick skull. And that is, I am never so strong as when I am weakest. Now, you perfectionists just choked, didn't you? I'm strongest when I'm weak. Now, if, if you don't have to be always right and you don't have to be perfect, then, then strength is not as important. But, but some of us have this incredible need to be right. Okay? Listen to the diction. Listen to the grammatical structure. Got to be right. Okay? And then Paul says, uh, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And it's like, I hate that. Would you not say that, Paul? But every time I read through that, he says it again. He never has changed. And so, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord, his mighty power. Now, you know that if you have 
uh, what is it? Self-control. You're, you're kind of self-disciplined. That people see you as strong. And we need to be self-disciplined, I guess. I don't, I can't think of anything particularly bad about that unless you depend on that. But if you depend on that, it's a bad joke. Because you're going to take on the demonic world in your strength, in your self-discipline. Hello? I don't think so. Um, We were dealing with a demon-possessed kid one time, and he was... uh, one of these guys that had one of those kind of special bodies that like professional athletes have, they're, they're just different than the ordinary guy on the street. Now, there are a lot of people on the street that, that have the, the strength and the speed and so forth, but their bone structure just won't take it or whatever. But then there's that bunch, and I think David and his family, King David and his family, that whole bunch, they, they kind of had those kind of bodies. And then we see them when we pay them millions to do their special stuff on the court or on the ball field for us. And um, this, this kid might have been able to make it in professional athlete, athletics, I'm not sure. Strong as a mule. And I, I looked at that, and I know enough about wrestling, and I know enough about uh, leverage that I might have been able to do that by myself. That was only about six or eight of us doing it, you know. Didn't have to do it by myself, but. I looked at that and I thought, I don't think so. I think we better have the power of the Holy Spirit here. You know, let's be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Okay? Because we are not fighting this physical body. That this, that this young man was that strong has nothing to do with anything. Because he's not the enemy. As a matter of fact, he was being had by the enemy. But the, the thing that we're in here is, look, we struggle against rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We have these stratas, it appears. It's implied in this, in this uh, passage and so what do we do? Run for cover. <laughs> Sign me. No, that's what we do is meet God and get as weak and helpless as we know how. Put on the full armor of God, get into his mighty power, and then pray that the Lord will keep us from the evil one. That's what he taught us to pray. I've heard people, you know, they're talking about the authority of the the believer and the the authority of the Christian and so forth, and they'd say, just let me at the devil. And I'm thinking, go for it, baby. But Jesus taught us, keep us from the evil one. Lord's prayer that we learned from the King James, um, you know, forgive me as I forgive others and Lead us not into temptation to deliver us from evil. That evil there is the evil one. That is a personage. And so you need to know that the power of God is what's 
at issue here. It is not about my strength. It is not about your strength. It is not about our, our self-discipline, our self-control. Uh, it is about faith in God, believing him to do what we, there's not any way in the world that we can do. Not any way in the world. If, if you um, are sure that you've got what it takes, the next time we need somebody delivered from some kind of demonic pressure, I'll just call you and send them over to your house or you can go over to their house and just do it. And if you're walking with the Lord, that's not a threat. But if you're in your own flesh, I hope that scared you, just the thought of it, because it is frightening. And you don't look for that stuff. The Lord taught us to pray, keep us from the evil one. But he also taught us that we are to cast out demons. We will be doing that. It is needed today. You say, oh, we're enlightened. We know better than that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If you believe that, maybe you need to take a good look at some of some real estate I have beachfront down central Florida. Um, you know, you're, you're dumber than dirt. Pardon me. I mean, but that's exactly what you are because this is beyond us. This is not in our power. This is God's power. So how do we do this? What's the answer? What is the answer? Well, put on the full armor of God um, so that you may be in the evil day, you know, when it comes, you'll be able to stand your ground. And, and after the evil day and everything has come against you that can come against you, you will still stand your ground. You'll be found standing, weapons intact, without a mortal wound. You may have gotten skinned up a little bit, but nothing serious. Still standing your ground. And then, of course, the following verses describe the uh, various aspects of the armor. And then it gets down and it just says, pray, 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 pray uh, in that passage. So how are you standing? How are you standing today? What's going on? How are you doing? And what I, what I was had in my heart as I was putting this together, I was thinking about that, that prayer need, that huge need that that you're carrying and that I'm carrying and how how are you doing with that it may be the salvation of someone it may be someone stricken with cancer it may be whatever and how's that how, how are you doing with your stand in that faith thing do you just worry yourself sick there was not long ago one of our one of our numbers came into my study and laid out this need and I just thought about that really really stinks that hurts so much to be carrying that kind of a load I remember carrying a similar load in our family uh, my family of origin um, 30 years or something, and the thing was answered. It only took 30 years. You know, some of you are not that old. It's like, whoa. 
Now, <laughs> you see, at this point, we need faith. Because when, when the need is in the same house or is next to you or is in the next desk at work or, you know, is that close? Then every 10 minutes, it can be a new crisis in your own heart because they, they keep pulling stuff. If you've got a kid that needs to be saved and they live across the country, you can get it prayed through. And, and then you don't get that much news from them, so it, it doesn't cut your faith legs off uh, with these bad reports very often. And when it does, you get down and you pray it through. But if they're living in the same house, you know, every time they pull something, which is once, twice, three times a day, <laughs> your faith is just going, punk, it's just deflated. You follow? Now, I'm talking about standing in the victory, in the peace of God. Jesus said, hey, hey, if you're overworked and you're overburdened, come to me. Learn about me. I can teach you how to get down, get under the will of God, and you can leave your work here and your burden here and take my work and my burden because my work is easy enough that one good night's rest will put you back together. And the burden is light enough that one good night's rest and you're ready to pick it up and carry it all day. We can carry stuff. We just can't carry that stuff that breaks us down. You following me? So here is this, here is this need and I had a grandma not long ago whose who's gorgeous little kid is caught in this awful thing, the, the divorce, the whole deal. Just, oh man, that's harder than your kids, I think. And I just hate that. It makes me want to go hurt people. You know, take lighten the load off this mama, this grandma here. Um, if, if you do that again, uh, I'm going to have you arrested and shipped so far away that we'll never hear from you again, which will be 30 minutes too soon. You know, that's, that's my little temper tantrum. Now you know what I have to deal with, what the Lord has to deal that God is merciful. So all of this stuff, you see... But in, in the worst, I, I know it hurts. I don't have answers. I know that faith brings the victory. I know that faith brings the victory. I'm not trying to talk you into it's not a big deal. It's a huge deal. If it's not a huge deal, why are you letting it dominate your life? It's awful. Let's call it that. And then let's take it up and put it alongside the one who saved us. And has power to change every circumstance. We've got to do that. We've got to get this problem over beside the Lord. How are you standing? And then, and then the, the same question just said another way. What do you need to adjust in your posture? The way you're standing. Or what you're expecting? What, 
What do you need to change? How, how can I help you tonight? Get that load rolled over on the Lord. You say they're going to go to hell. Jesus loves them more than you do. He has more invested in their salvation than you do. He is safe. You are not being irresponsible. Here's one of the things that those of us that are prone to guilt will have to deal with. You're not being irresponsible if you take it to the Lord, pray it through, and leave the load there. I, I, I just must not love them. I, just, I'm, I feel good, and they're still not saved. Maybe it's called faith. Who knows? Maybe you're trusting God. Maybe you're not irresponsible. Maybe it's not denial. Denial is sick. Irresponsibility is immature. Faith is the victory that gives you peace and rest before the circumstance changes. Before the circumstance changes. I had that experience when I was a kid. I was leaving Bible school. I knew I was called to, to preach, wanted to preach, but I was so young. And I, I was singing with some guys, and they were, they were going to start a quartet, and they'd invited me to sing with them. And, and, uh, and then a bunch of weird stuff happened around that particular circumstance. And my mom, who was a very successful evangelist, had suddenly gotten several invitations from the pastors around the state of New Mexico to come and hold revivals. And she said, Bill, they know I don't hold revivals. I do not travel. She preached every Sunday night at the church. And she said, it, it, unless it's the Lord wanting to help you get started, and if you will come with me and preach every other night, I'll take these meetings. Otherwise, I'm just telling them no because I don't do that. Well, she had to give these guys an answer, and these Singers over on the other side had to have an answer, and I was worried. I couldn't figure this out. I didn't know what to do. I knew I needed to be preaching, but I just felt totally inadequate age-wise for that. And so there was all this stuff going on, and I was losing sleep. And we were sleep-deprived in school anyway. You know how it is in college. You just don't, you don't go to bed. And so... Uh, but even when I went to bed, I wasn't sleeping, and that's weird. We were in Houston, and I was, we were sleeping on the back porch. Uh, this family in the church where the, this uh, traveling group was staying for that weekend. Saturday night, and the, they had a screened-in back porch, and our bed was on the back porch. And I was, I, we had gotten together that night with this bunch of guys to sing. And man, oh man, those guys could sing. Those some serious voices. Um, Big John Hall is a name that you in gospel, the gospel world will, might, might recognize. And Roger Macduff. Uh, those, those guys could sing. And so I'm saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. And I, I was down at the side of the bed praying before I, before I went to bed. And I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. And the faith of the Lord came on me. It is the coolest deal <laughs> when that happens. And just before your little ship sinks, he'll come. He's not going to let your ship sink. It's not his will that you go down. And I was, I was there, and I, I, it just rose up in me. And I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. I am confused about this. 
And I, you know, I had laid out before him these options that, that I seem to have. And I said, if you want this to be worried about, would you please worry about it? If somebody needs to stay up and miss sleep about this, would you please do this? I'm going to get some rest tonight. And when faith comes, see, you can do that. And I prayed that prayer, crawled in bed, fell sound asleep, not knowing the answer. See, that's the victory. Now, that's small stuff. I understand that. It was big to me, but it's small stuff. Uh, besides somebody being saved or somebody need to be delivered from drugs or whatever you're, whatever you're carrying. But it's the principle of God coming to us when we don't have the strength to do it. We don't have the wisdom to do it. There is the peace of God that passes understanding that springs out of our trusting God. And that happened to me, and it has happened on other occasions through the years as I have required it. As You know, I get in trouble all the time, and he has to get me out, so he just does. And I love that. Now, you see, here is the deal. It is not the circumstances. I went ahead and made the right decision. God just walked me through that, and I had to, make, I had to pull the trigger. But when I did, I knew I was shooting at the right thing. However, the peace was there. Oh, a couple weeks before I actually had to make that decision. And that is priceless. That is priceless. That's the promise of God. That's how he loves you. That's his plan for you. Enjoy it. You say, that sounds irresponsible. Oh, sign me up for irresponsible. Yes, whatever that is, I want that. What it is, is believing that God will take care of us if we don't worry ourselves sick. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We live by faith, not by sight. Now, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 is that passage that we use at funerals. It's talking about this temporary house, a tent. And we, we groan in this tent and we're looking for the permanent home and so forth and so forth. I love that passage. I love it when it's not funeral time. But right in the middle of that thing is we live by faith, not by sight. When the decision hasn't yet been made what you're going to do with your life and you're worried sick about it, you can have, get rid of the worried sick stuff and live at perfect peace and joy. Have good humor. Have a good appetite. Get a good night's rest because of faith. And faith is a choice. Faith is deciding I'm going to trust God instead of me. Now, I know you, and you're almost as bad as I am, and you're not trustworthy. You'd like, you're you're, you're good-hearted. You're just not trustworthy. You just can't follow through. You'd like to do it right. I, I acknowledge that. I would, too. I'm good-hearted, but I can't do it. But, oh, the Lord can. And so I want you to have this tonight. I want you to keep... The internal victory. The internal victory is carrying everything to the Lord in prayer and leaving it there. If you're living with the problem, in 10 minutes you may have picked it up again. Go back to prayer. When you go, when you pick it up again, if it's two weeks later, go back to prayer. You see, what this will do is help us get rid of the, the fluff in our life and it will bring us down 
to trusting God. Just trusting God. He's going to do it. I could have, if I gave you opportunity, you'd take almost as long as I have to tell your story because we have these stories. We have tried this. Well, don't ever let anything take you out of that peace. And that was easy for me to say that, but that's hard to walk out. I try to do that. And I have this, I have this, it, this is what works for me. My plan to keep the internal victory in my heart is in my, in my daily devotional. Early in the morning, I go to the Lord and I've got this stuff and, and I, I come down and I take a look at this in a certain place in my prayer. What's going on? What am I worried about? And it just, he, he just gives me the victory. I think Eunice can probably tell when I haven't had my prayer time. I, I can sure tell. And uh, don't ask her, please. I'm not looking over there to, while I'm saying this. Because it, you know, as, as good as we would like to be, if we are not in the will of God walking in faith, we're not going to be what we ought to be. So, for the sake of your marriage and your parenting, for the sake of your job, for the sake of your Christian testimony, for your own mental health's sake, keep the faith. Keep the faith. Let the Lord carry the load. He says, let me do it. Come to me. If you're overworked and overloaded, I'll give you rest. Trust him. He's not lying. He loves you. Now, what I want to do is I would like for us to take a few minutes before we leave the room to set up something. There, there are a number of you have no idea what percentage of us really are not all that full of rest on this particular thing, whatever this thing is. The Lord did not show me when I was studying for this what your deal is, okay? But he has shown you. And, and he's the answer. I'm not your answer. But he is. And I'm going to call us to come and pray. And I'm not going to ask you to do what we usually do, which is get in line or, or make ourselves available for laying on of hands. I would like for you uh, to come to the front of the room and just kind of build you a little prayer closet and just meet God with this worry. If you're not worried, walk around and touch the rest of us because we are. <laughs> We're in trouble. Pray for us. But most of us have something that we need to deal with in this prayer closet. When you get it fixed and you're full of peace and joy, before the answer comes on the outside, the answer comes on the inside. Don't forget that. When that comes, be dismissed. Is that a good plan? Let's try it. May we stand? And will you come? They're going to lead us in worship but mostly I want you to just build that prayer closet and I want you to do, the old Pentecostals would call it praying through. Very good term. And what I think that means is pray through the doubt, through the fear, through all of the negative stuff until our faith kind of explodes into the victory and then we're done. God bless you as you come and pray.